United Nations Global Compact presents Listen Up, a podcast about making better choices for a sustainable future. So, why don't you just grab a seat and listen up. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. Hey, listen up. Greetings from the United Nations Global Compact in New York. I'm Dan Thomas, and you're listening to Listen Up, a podcast series on the young and not-so-young business leaders driving change in their companies in order to create a more sustainable world. Who says profit and purpose can't go hand in hand? Today, I'll be talking to Andrea Orsag, co-founder of Mission C, a strategy advisory on a mission to accelerate the transition to circular economy and help companies grow their business in a sustainable way. Andrea is also a One Young World ambassador and a speaker, lecturer, and facilitator on sustainability, purpose, and impact. It's really nice to speak to you, Andrea. Where are you sitting right now? And where would you rather be? Hi, Dan. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Right now, I would like to say big, loud hello to everyone listening, um, directly from Amsterdam, actually. And I also have to admit, I'm quite happy here. So greetings from Amsterdam. Fantastic. So first of all, why don't you tell us uh, a bit about Mission C, the origin of the company, uh, how you got it started, uh, what inspired you to, to set up this company? <laughs> yeah, uh, you pretty much introduced Mission C exactly uh, what it is. So we are a strategy advisory really focusing on accelerating the whole transition towards circular economy on a global scale, ideally, because of course, climate change doesn't really care about man-made borders. It's all over us, all over the globe. And I really strongly believe we're all in this together. We started at the beginning of 2018 and what inspired the change is uh, really us, me and my business partner, Eva Nedelkova, working for a large corporates, um, uh, working for a large consulting firms and really seeing this gap between business and sustainability. So at the time, it was really a belief that uh, we have to choose. It's either about profit or it's either about uh, positive impact on our planet. Whereas I really strongly believe that's not the case anymore. And profit and positive impact can really go hand in hand. So, Andrea, what inspired you to found Mission C? And, uh, and tell us a bit more about, uh, you know, how you operate and what you're trying to do. Mm, what inspired me to start up Mission C together with my partner, Eva, was actually the fact that we could see that there is some sort of a gap between business and sustainability. And I'm really talking here what I perceived at the time as uh, something crucial, really talking the activism and the big companies receiving uh, all the bad press uh, if they've done something that the activists wouldn't perceive, uh, perceive as right. And then the companies being a little bit... Um, yeah, frustrated by all those claims from the activist groups. So I could perceive that there is a lack of understanding of those parties. They didn't understand each other. I perceived it as a gap. And uh, when we were talking with Eva, we actually considered it uh, a really wonderful opportunity in a space where we could uh, ideally add value with our business background, but then also our love for the nature as well. And tell us a bit more about circular economy. Circular economy is an economic system that's not necessarily new, but looking at where we are right now in a linear economy, it's a system that will help us to tackle all the global challenges. Whether we're talking about climate change, biodiversity loss, or whether we're talking, for instance, about waste 
and many, many other challenges we're facing nowadays. We really foresee it uh, as um, a system that consists of business models that are different. And we consist, we really see it also as uh, something uh, that has a potential to change mindset of people. So it's really about different way of thinking. You know, during this industrial revolution, we really got into produce fast, consume even faster, throw it away, get a new stuff, get more, the more you have, the better. So this has been, unfortunately, the narrative of uh, those last decades. And we really see that this is not a way to go forward. We really see the consequences that are not so positive. And circle economy is about uh, producing differently, really considering uh, the resources, really considering the design. Is it something we can repair easily? Is it something we can upgrade uh, when needed? Is it something modular? So talking about technology, do we need to change completely the whole product or just a component of it? Then talking about business models, is it something that can be shared? Is it something where it's actually perfectly fine and even better to have access to something rather than owning it? And then, of course, talking about the end of the life cycle of this product. Is it something that we can return into the circulation, at least bits and pieces, or how we can disassemble it so it's actually not creating harm on the nature and the environment? I'm not talking only about uh, waste as such, uh, like a like a waste uh, that is being thrown on the soil, but I'm talking also about the pollution because when we burn this waste, of course, uh, the greenhouse gas gases are getting into the pollution. And let's not forget about uh, our water. It's just very easy to get a lot of uh, waste, uh, not only plastic, into the waterways. And again, we're connected through water. The whole world is connected through water. It doesn't stay in one country. And we're dependent on water. We can't live without water. So I really do believe circular economy is a system that has uh, potential to help us get back on track. How How is the world changing? Do you see there's more uptake or more interest in the idea that, uh, you know, purpose and sustainability, circular economy, uh, that kind of thinking is, uh, is a way forward? I'd really like to believe that. Uh, thinking back uh, when I when I made the big shift from purely focusing on business consultancy to something more focused on sustainability. So we're talking here about approximately 2014 there's been a huge, tremendous shift. So as of 2015, there was, of course, Paris Agreement and the negotiations that led to that. Also, UN introduced the Sustainable Development Goals, or as we know them, SDGs. And at a time, quite some people were wondering, what is risk? Uh, um, how is risk uh, linked to the climate? Uh, what are we talking about? And what do we mean when we talk about mitigating all those risks that are linked to environmental and uh, climate uh, aspects? And looking back, uh, I have seen quite a journey. And I have to admit, where we're right now, I definitely see that it's getting better. Well, not necessarily at a speed we need, but at the same time, at least we hear more and more companies talking about it. And as for good news, also more and more companies, people, so individuals and governments also taking an action. What kind of uh, obstacles did you encounter when you were setting up this business? Were, were people immediately receptive or has the interest grown over time? How, how, did, you, uh, how did you get it off the ground? 
Yeah, I do believe it was really a process because, of course, at the beginning, uh, people were a little bit skeptical, like, okay, business is going quite well right now. The short term strategy really works, uh, especially when we're talking about businesses uh, that have their planning uh, evaluated on a yearly basis. Of course, return on investment is a huge key performance indicator. So everyone's looking at how are they doing business wise? Are they growing? Are they creating profit for their shareholders? And of course, it came with a challenge, like if we start implementing a sustainability strategy, so sustainability directly in the heart of strategy, what does this mean for our profit? What does this mean for our growth? Very, very often we came across people who perceived it as something that would stop the growth. There would be a complication, a limitation. And of course, we also need to realize we're talking here long term versus short term, which people need to grasp first to be able to make a tangible change. And yet the markets are focused on quarterly results, quarterly reporting, quarterly profits. How do you help people shift that mindset? I do believe nowadays we have actually quite clear examples and quite clear cases that prove that actually focusing on creating positive impact goes hand in hand or very often has the potential to go hand in hand also with growing your company. You're very simply creating a strategy that is future-proof, that is creating positive impact, that resonates better with the markets. Because we shouldn't be thinking about only right now, right here. We need to have a look whether the company will be here also in the future. And how does this help to improve the lives and quality of our environment and the lives of the people? So I really strongly believe that nowadays uh, we have some data. There are very clear evidence that this works, that the change is possible, and that actually focusing on creating positive impact and uh, positive results uh, in terms of environment and uh, social impact as well is creating positive impact also for the company. So a perfect win-win. So you've uh, you've established yourself as a, a leader in sustainability. You're you're a lecturer. You're an advocate for it as well as you know, running your business. Um, Tell us a bit about your early life. Was your interest in in creating this more sustainable world inspired by your childhood or or did that inspiration come later? This is such a wonderful question, Dan. Yeah, when I really look back uh, in my childhood, I always thought of myself as someone who loves nature. Of course, it was something that came very naturally that I love animals. I care about the beautiful mountains. I mean, I grew up in Slovakia, so country that has abundance of beautiful, wonderful, clear nature. But then when I was studying, I still had no idea that sustainability could be a career or I wasn't even aware, you know, what is the proper term for sustainability, to be honest? How do I translate it to Slavic language? I had a chance to study environmental management as a course at the Lund University in Sweden. And over there, during this course, uh, we started to discuss uh, the CO2 footprint and the impact business has on our life and the environment as well. So this is uh, what really sparkled my interest. And uh, then I always thought, and I still strongly believe, sustainability is not another function. It's not another business line. I really think of sustainability as uh, a value. Some sort of uh, a value such as kindness is. It's how we do things and what we do and how we do things again. So for young people starting out in their studies or their careers, what would your advice be about how to, uh, how to get into this field of purpose and sustainability? Mm, 
I would say that it's really important to start realizing why it's important to you in the first place. Why do you care about uh, making planet uh, a better place uh, for everyone who lives here? Why is sustainability important to you? And unfortunately, we get so very disconnected uh, with uh, all the beautiful innovation from the nature. So we need to find our way back to the nature. We need to realize that meat is not something that grows in a supermarket. We need to realize that every single comfortable product that we use, once we throw it away, this away is not a magical place uh, where things just disappear. It's still right now, right here with us. And I also want to make it very clear that I do believe whatever we study and whatever we do needs to be linked to sustainability. So whether you're an artist, whether you're a human resources major, whether you're someone working in a finance, all of us are needed to be important part of this transition and to make it a success. That's such an inspiring uh, idea and and thought. And, you know, talking of which, uh, you know, during your career, you must have met lots of people who've inspired you to, uh, to, to do better, to, to try harder. Is there any particular person or, or people who, who really inspired you on this journey? I would say it's a combination of different people and I'm really, really grateful for every single one of them. A simple things such as like, when you like something, make it very clear that you like it. Talk about it express gratefulness uh, and uh, just say it out loud that yes I really enjoyed it I want to do more of that also uh, what I what I got a chance to learn from my mentors and inspiring figures around me is like if you want to do something just get in touch with people who are already doing it talk to them ask them question ask them whether they need help and whether you could maybe join them on their journey do connect to like-minded people or generally people who do what you want to do and uh, I really have to admit uh, that besides uh, the celebrities, so from, well, celebrities for me, of course, because I'm a part of this bubble. But for me, a really huge inspiration is Jane Goodall, just really talking very honestly, very authentically about why animals and the nature matter to her and why really retaining hope to change something and do something ourselves is so important. And of course, then there are people as Al Gore. Then we have quite some business figures uh, that inspired quite a lot of change uh, from Paul Polman, who used to be at uh, Unilever, uh, through people working, for instance, at Philips. Philips having really fantastic strategy when it comes to sustainability. What do you do when you're, you find that your clients are spending more on marketing their purpose and sustainability than actually doing it? How do you Talk to them about that. I do believe that's typically the moment uh, when it's absolutely crucial to be honest and just really challenge them on that. Because it's quite easy with large corporates, especially the stock listed, obviously, to check uh, when we're talking about their strategy. Is circular economy, is sustainability, is climate change uh, program a part of their strategy? Do they have it directly embedded there? I'd like to use here an example from Philips. Uh, They make it very clear that by year 2025, they want to get 25% of their revenue directly from circular products and services. So it's very clear right there, very bold, right? It's quite an ambitious um, goal. And very often you don't see that. How much of the pressure is coming from consumers and how much is coming from the leadership of companies? Well, it's absolutely amazing to see that there is a, 
there is a lot changing bottom up, so from the consumers. And we see more and more activists realizing what's the problem. We see all those movements such as like uh, zero waste or do it yourself or talking about fashion, because of course, fashion is an industry all of us can relate to. It's becoming more and more clear that there is a huge environmental impact and social impact linked to fast fashion. So it's great to see that there is quite a big push from consumers, um, and especially in the day in the social media, when it's very easy from the living room just to share a message, share a fact uh, that really reaches the masses, despite the fact that many of those people might be sitting on the other side of the world. Just tell us a little bit more about the Sustainable Development Goals. Do you think that companies, the companies that you talk to, do they understand the Sustainable Development Goals? Have they heard of them? Are they a useful uh, North Star for them as they uh, design their business strategy? Quite some companies uh, I engage with, um, yeah, I dare to say they definitely heard of Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, we can see that many of them have really thought through a strategy or how they can actually align to those sustainable development goals. Very often we see that there is a clear idea like, okay, how we can contribute, which goals are the ones we would like to focus on. So this is really great to see. And uh, I really strongly believe that it's indeed a North Star for many companies. So that's definitely good news. Thank you so much. It's time for our rapid fire round of questions now. And if you could answer these questions in, in 60 seconds or less. Andrea, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> this is a very easy one. So in my 37 years, I never ever owned a car. So I'm actually riding a bicycle. Very good. Uh, what would you find most difficult if you had to give it up? Red meat or flying? I already gave up red meat, so it's definitely flying in my case. What's your most embarrassing, most unsustainable secret, your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure would be indeed traveling. So I do my best to contribute to projects that can at least uh, mitigate the CO2 impact I create while traveling. Have you ever hugged a tree? <laughs> so many times, yes. And what's the most surprising thing you've, you've learned on your sustainability journey? I've learned uh, on my journey that there are many amazing people who are serious about our planet, uh, who are the fellow tree huggers and planet lovers, and people who realize that we're the ones creating our future. So this is indeed what keeps me going. How optimistic are you about the future of this planet? I remain hopeful, let me put it that way, because we have to. There's nothing else for us. We're either hopeful, which keeps us motivated and keeps us going forward, or we are done. And uh, I just refuse to say I'm done or that we are done as a planet. It's a really, really wonderful planet worth fighting for. I think that's a great answer. Coming out of the COP26 meeting in Glasgow, I mean, how seriously do you think companies are taking the idea that they have to get to net zero by, by uh, the turn of the uh, by mid-century? I love... I always, always love to hear all those commitments. Uh, at the same time, I would like to see action. So really action over talking. Put it uh, very boldly into your strategy. Make it a very clear goal. But 
Don't put it into year 3,500. Make it something in the coming years. Yes, it won't be easy. Yes, we need bold decisions. We need uh, perhaps some risks. We need innovation. But uh, only really bold goals, uh, very clear ambition and setting very clear action plan and making it happen is the only way that matters at this point. Do you think that we can learn from some of the poorest countries in the world about sustainability, circular economy, countries where they have much less to work with? I absolutely think so. I, I think it's very important that we bring everyone to the table when we're having conversation, how to make this world a better place. And of course, people from developing countries are typically living in communities. So they're way more community-based and community-driven than we are in the Western world. So they are used to this dependency and considering other people, considering the environment. They are dependent on good, healthy soil to have the crops and uh, have there for food. They are dependent uh, on the water because they are literally using the water from the basin, from the wells uh, to cover all their needs. It's not like, again, us being disconnected from the nature, automatically assuming that there is a tap water for any any anything that we really need. So I do believe we got really a lot to learn from them. They're the ones close to the nature, as they understand we need to protect nature to protect ourselves. You've been listening to Listen Up, a podcast series from the United Nations Global Compact on the business professionals who are driving sustainability in their companies in order to create a more just, equitable and sustainable world. I'm Dan Thomas, and I'd love to hear from you, our listeners. So please let me know what you think by writing to me at thomas at unglobalcompact.org. And tell me who I should talk to next. Goodbye. You've listened to the United Nations Global Compact Podcast. Now it's up to you. Be bold and take action. And don't forget, listen up. Listen up.